Well, good morning, church. Two for one today. Who would have thought? Two sermons, one day. You never thought you'd get that at church, right? Yes. Going to do something a little different than I had originally planned, but I wanted just to take a few moments to center ourselves around God's word, what Christ did for us, and maybe a warning to encourage us to live a way that might be honoring to the Lord this morning. So if you've been around the last few weeks, we are in a study in the book of Hebrews. I would love for you to turn to the book of Hebrews right now. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab one that's in front of you, hopefully in the chair. Hebrews is towards the back of uh, the Bible, and it's a great letter written to God's people to help them understand the supremacy of who Christ is. We're calling it greater than is because Christ is greater than everything. And if you want to open up, let's flip to chapter or two, verse 10. We're going to start there. We'll get to some of the other ones, but I just want to take some moments and get us focused on where we are. It says this, for it was fitting, so God said, this is fitting. This is the way it's going to be. For it was fitting for he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. So God is saying that through Christ, who's the founder of that salvation. So this word founder is the Greek word is rooted in like, would be a champion or a hero. So the hero of their salvation, the champion of salvation, referring to Jesus. Heard from my friend John Boyle and doing some real research that $23 billion has been put out to watch the Marvel movie collection. $23 billion for 25 films people have spent, you've spent, I've spent to watch these, video, or these movies. I guess another 13 are coming our way that we can spend more money. And I'm thinking about it. Why is this the case? It's because we like superheroes, right? We love a good story. We love when the superhero conquers all. We love seeing their power to be able to uh, wipe out whatever enemy or problem is in the way. And we enjoy watching that. So heroes have been around for a really long time. Like right now we have Marvel, Marvel Comics. 40 years ago, Superman. 100 years ago, Zorro. Before that, Robin Hood. But 2,000 years, when this was written, commentators said, the minds of the people would have thought of Hercules and his great power and conquest and the things that he was able to do and the things that he was able to conquer. That's what the first century reader would have understood when they would have read this word that he was the founder, the champion, the hero of salvation. That's who Christ was. Christ was the ultimate superhero. And here's a few things that I want to remind us of what he did for us as the ultimate superhero, the founder of our salvation. It's really important to remind ourselves this regularly of what Christ has done. So the first idea is that he fights our fears. What frightens us, a good superhero, 
is the one who's going to step in and fight those battles for us. And so one of the things that we fear a lot, there's a lot of things that people fear, but one of the common fears that many of us have is the fear of death. Kind of what happens when we die? The unknown of what, when we die, what's going to happen to us? Or how's it going to feel? Or what's it going to be like? And from a very young age, us as parents try to teach our kids that life is precious. It's short. It's like a vapor. And so we want to do whatever we can to protect you from having a tragic thing come your way, whether it's running out into the middle of the street or when you're teaching your kids to drive, which I'm doing right now. You say, you got to be smart. One bad decision can cause a whole lot of problems. And so you got to stay in tune. Like we want to protect our kids from different things because death is the end. There's no coming back from those decisions. And so we have this fear of dying. And it's written here, I think down in 14. And you want to flip over there, it says this. Since therefore the children share in the same flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who fear death. We're subject to lifelong slavery. This idea of slavery is a very strong word picture in my mind that, that you're like forced to do something or you avoid this because you're a slave to it. And I think about death and there's a part of me that thinks we're a slave to the fear of death because of the way we live our lives. You know, some of us get up at like four o'clock in the morning to exercise in hopes that it will extend our life. Others of us decided that we will eat really disgusting things because someone said it's healthy for us that might extend our life a little more or we'll have procedures because we have this fear of dying. It's real. No one wants to die. We want to live. We want to contribute. And think about this in the first century. Death was much more real back then, not that we're all going to die, but the average life expectancy in the first century was about 35 years old. Many people died before puberty and in childbirth, and a lot of different death happened in a variety of different ways. At my age, I would be considered the old sage in the room in first century. It just was much more prevalent in this culture. And so there was this real fear. And so what Jesus did and what Jesus did when he came and he lived as a human, well, let's, let's, let's go on. Let's, let's look at verse, I think it's seven or 16. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. So he's helping you and me. Therefore, he had to make himself like the brothers in every respect so that he might become the merciful and faithful high priest. So he's drawing people back to the Old Testament language here that, that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus lived as you and I have lived, experienced the things that you and I have experienced, lived a flawless life so that he could be the ultimate sacrifice 
And so through his death and resurrection, he then provides a way back to God like the high priest would have done for the people of providing the sacrifice. He would have allowed a way back for his people to then reconnect with God. Christ became the ultimate sacrifice and made propitiation sorry, for the sins of his people. He became the atonement for his people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Friends, that's the good news of Christ, that he lived, he experienced temptation, he went through the hardships that we went through, he lived as a man and experienced it all so that we can, or he can empathize with us, yet he went to the cross and he conquered death. If you go back to verse nine here, it says this, but we see him, for who a little while made, um, was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. The reason why we no longer have to fear death is because Christ tasted it for us. He experienced it and conquered it. Just like any good superhero, they're able to go to battle and fight the fears that we have. And so Christ goes in, steps in, and he dies for our sins so that we no longer have to fear death because the hope we have as believers is knowing with full assurance that we have trusted in Christ, we will spend eternity in the presence of our Father. That's the reminder that is here in Hebrews is that he fights our battles. He goes after our fears. He steps in the gap when we are afraid. That is the reminder that the writer is giving the people is that Christ lived like we lived, died for us so that we can have right relationship with him. But, but more than that, as an incredible superhero, as the ultimate superhero, he also stepped in and destroyed the enemy. Destroyed the power that the enemy has over us. I don't know if you remember back a few months ago, we talked about being battle ready and what that would look like and how the, the, what Christ has done has disarmed and destroyed the devil. And once again here in verse 14, it says that. Again, that he took on flesh and that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. And he's delivered us from that. So not only did he, he face our fear of death, but he stepped in and he destroyed the enemy and the power that the enemy has for, over us. This is real, friends, is that we are in the midst of a battle and yet Christ has won. It's the reminder that we need to remember on a regular basis that in the midst of trial and hardship and persecution and wear a mask, not wear a mask, agree with this, don't agree with, don't agree, 
Like Christ is at the center of all that we do and the enemy no longer has the power over us. That's why we can be unified as a church is because Christ is at the center of all that we do. This is what makes Christ the ultimate superhero is that he goes after the fears that we have. He destroys the enemy that we have and then at the same time, he then is crowned as the champion Go back to verse 9. For a little while we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of his death. Because Jesus went to the cross, because he paid the ultimate sacrifice for us, he now is lifted to the place that he deserved. Just like any hero at the end of the story, they're cheered and they're crowned and they're revered because of the work they did. That's what we do as followers of Christ, is we honor him and bring glory to him and we remember what he did. That's what we should be doing as, as followers of Christ as we bring glory to the name of Christ because of what he's done for us. That's the reminder that I see here in Hebrews 2. Hebrews two. And what unifies us is the great salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's what should motivate us. It should what encourage us to continue to move forward when we no longer want to. But what really hit my heart is what is said in uh, chapter 2, verse 1. As I was going through my study, I was thinking about the salvation that Christ has provided for us, and yet at times how we forget about it. Look at what uh, the warning is for neglecting our salvation in uh, Hebrews 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, least we drift away from it. Friends, do you hear that warning? Do you, do you get that word picture that is being said there? This idea, idea of drifting is a picture of a boat that has lost its anchor and that is floating aimlessly without direction, without per, uh, purpose out in the sea. So it's imagine being in a, in a little boat and it has no power, has no way to go anywhere. It's just floating out there. That's the warning that is given to the believer who drifts, who forgets, who stops holding on to truth, who gets caught up in the things of the world, who, who thinks about fighting battles here is more important than fighting eternal battles as we drift from the truth that holds us together. And so I love, what I love about this passage, there's this great reminder of what Christ has done for us. And because Christ has faced our fears and destroyed the enemy and now is crowned as the champion, we should not forget. We should not neglect our salvation. We need to work out our salvation on a regular basis with fear and trembling and have a great appreciation for it. We should preach the gospel to ourselves on a regular basis. We see this throughout the story of God that reminding ourselves and remembering is really important. As God's people cross the Jordan River, they were supposed to set up 12 stones as a memorial, as a remembrance of what God did to get them through. On a regular basis, we're supposed to take the Lord's Supper and remember the work of the cross so that we do not drift from what we know to be true. So when these hard things come our way, we are rooted and 
and, and grounded in the truth of the scripture is because we have this ultimate set superhero who paid the ultimate price so that we can have the ultimate relationship with him. We should not drift or neglect the salvation we have in Christ. Friends, this is critical to our life. This is what keeps us on mission. So I really appreciate what Thomas said earlier that we want to be a community of believers who is loving God and loving others. That's what drives us. We want to be making disciples. We want to help people know what Christ did for them and is continuing to do for them. We want to be able to care and help and guide the community that's around us. We don't want to get distracted from the things that are ha- that are because of the things that are happening, we want to be able to stay focused and on mission and not drift from the truth of what Christ has done for us. That's our motivation. That's what we live for. That's what we want to do in our life. Is we want to live a life that is worthy to our calling. We want to hold on to the truths of Scripture. We want to know the gospel deep in our heart. We want to remember what Christ did for us on a regular basis so that we do not drift from the things that we have heard and neglect our salvation. Amen? Let me pray for us as we continue to worship the Lord. Father, I thank you for mornings like this where we can come together as the community of believers and we can have our hearts challenged and encouraged and warned. And Father, I pray for us as a community of people that we would hold tight to the truths of your scripture, that we would allow them to penetrate our heart, Lord, even when it's hard. Father, I pray that we would be men and women who are so concerned about what your word teaches us that we live its truths, Lord, even when I don't want to. Father, I pray that we would be a community of people who remember the work of the cross on a regular basis, that that truth of what you did for us, that you saved us, would burn into our hearts and that would be the motivation for why we want to live on mission, that why we want to honor you would be because of the work of the cross, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would be glorified through the people of Calvary Bible Church, that you would be crowned as champion, that you would be honored as the ultimate superhero because you paid the ultimate price so we could have the ultimate relationship with you, Lord God. God, I pray that you would work in us as a community, that you would help us live on mission that we would not get distracted. We would not focus on things that are not moving us towards the mission of helping people know and love and follow you all the days of your life, Lord. God, may you be glorified. May you be worshiped because you are worthy. In your name, amen.